1: And Lieutenant Governor, was nice about I was saying something nice about you. That's why I went out. And, uh, but I'm saying we're going to try like the devil to keep you from having, to, not having to deciding to leave. I wish you didn't. And 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 John, thank you uh, very much for uh, for running. I really do appreciate it. And Zell, you're going to you're going to be a great uh, a great lady in the Senate
2: your top domestic priority? Is it inflation or is it abortion? Mr. President,
3: are you going to tout this
2: president. new law? Thank, thank
3: you, President. president. No, thank you all, you you all very, thank very much.
2: Georgia. Thank you all In very Wisconsin. much. Wisconsin. Thank you all very In much. Nevada. Arizona, Arizona. You thank you all very much. going to be getting back this bipartisan thank infrastructure thank law. Thank you all very much.
4: Just hoping to clarify for midterm voters, top domestic issue:
1: inflation or abortion. All important. Unlike you, there's no one thing. It crosses the board. Domestic. Ask me about foreign policy too. There's a multiple, multiple, multiple issues, and they're all important. And so, and we ought to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You know that old expression? Thank you. Thank you. infrastructure decade a headline on my watch. With well, the help of your members of Congress here today, I signed into law a once-in-a-generation investment in roads, highways, bridges, railroads, ports, airports, and so much more. Over a billion two hundred — a trillion two hundred billion dollars. It's called the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. And it's
5: Tim Ryan in Ohio said he doesn't want you there. Warnock said wouldn't say. Do you think they're making a mistake? No,
1: they're by 16 there I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more to Another 20 or so, so I'm going to be going in. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that,
6: Mr. Fetterman,
5: why'd you decide to appear with Biden now?
6: Why did you decide
5: to appear together now? Sir, why don't more candidates want to be seen in public with you like I'm Mr. Betterman?
7: Where did you buy
1: it at? They're, they're, what are you talking about?
8: Tim Ryan in Ohio said
5: he doesn't want you there. Warnock said wouldn't say. Do you think they're making a mistake?
1: No, they're by 16 there I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more grass, Another 20 or so. So right, I'm so going to be going Republican leadership in Congress has made it clear they will crash the economy next year by threatening the full faith and credit of the United States for the first time in our history, putting the United States in default unless unless we yield to their demand to cut Social Security, Medicare. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision.
9: Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr.
1: President, oh. Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're doing something very important. Gas price push:
10: President Biden taking action to ease the pain at the pump. What he says could come next as he gets set to hit the campaign trail ahead of midterm elections. And we're going to turn now to President Biden's push to lower gas prices, including releasing millions of barrels of oil for the nation's strategic reserves.
11: So President Biden says this actually has nothing to do with politics. But let me tell you, every official inside this White House here behind me knows exactly how these rising gas prices could impact the outcome of these midterms and frankly, the president's agenda. Now, we have been talking about these gas prices, they have been declining in recent weeks but drivers are still paying some 3.84 a gallon that's up nearly 40 50 cents from a year ago amy the president's approval ratings closely tied to the up and down of those numbers on the
12: road president biden it's the campaign trail today in the closely watched battleground of pennsylvania Can he move the needle for the undecided voters with less than three weeks
13: to go? There's no doubt that there's a lot of concern about gas prices, which have ticked up a bit over
14: the past month. They're down significantly, though, from their high in the summer, over $5 a gallon. It's not clear it's going to have a big impact on gas prices. What it does is it allows the president to make the case that he is working on this issue, which... 44% 44% of Americans say is their top issue right now. Heading into these midterms, I talked to the White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klein What's the first thing he does every morning? Check gas prices. And it underscores, Savannah, the
13: fact that what happens in November could very much be determined by the price at the pump. President Biden
15: campaigns for Democrats today in Pennsylvania. It's one of the few places where candidates actually want his support. The latest CBS News polling shows that control of the Senate remains a toss-up today. The so President Biden right now cannot rely on his party. Popularity to win over
16: votes for Democrats next month. His approval rating...
9: Mr. President, I'll be honest. I'm scared. Millions of Americans are scared. They're concerned about the, the concerted attacks on democracy, on, on voting, um, and how that's going to impact the midterm elections. We're seeing everything from Governor DeSantis's election police force arresting people for alleged violations of voter, uh, voter fraud. Um, we're seeing um, election workers quitting because of threats. And then on top of it, you've got election deniers up and down the ballot, uh, running for election. A good chunk of them could win. So why shouldn't we be scared? There was a, a startling headline in the New York Times, let me see if I can, if I can find it, where it said that um, a majority of Americans believe that democracy is under threat, and yet they don't see it as a priority. Protecting democracy. I mean, I, I, why do you I think... think that is? My question to you, though, Mr. President, is: Can our democracy survive when the Republican Party is? It only cares about power. One of the things you said you're for, Mr. President, is codifying Roe. You yes. said you've said you need. Uh, 51 or 53 seats uh, in order, in, in the Senate, in order to make that ha- make that happen. But what happens if Republicans?
17: Hey, Mr. President, hey, what you is your Mr. response?
1: I don't hear. Can you speak louder? <laughs>
17: <laughs> what is your response to Republicans who say you are only doing this SPR release because to help Democrats in the midterms?
1: Where have they been the last four months? <sighs> That's my response.
2: Is it politically motivated, sir, this no, motion three not. weeks it's before the midterms?
1: Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on, and that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home, and at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. That's what I've been doing. Now, the problem is these guys are asleep. I don't know where they've been. And they seem, you know, the price at the pump should reflect what the price of a barrel of oil costs. And it's not going down consistently. Mr. Uh, and
8: welcome back to Flower Politics Podcast. It's October 22nd, year of our Lord 2022. This is episode 634. What an intro! That guy, I mean, there's some key comedy up in that bitch. He, he's just... I ended with him falling asleep. Just falling asleep. Because he's brain dead. He doesn't know where he is. I mean, there's stuff in there with him saying Fetterman's wife's going to make a great fucking senator. That pretty much is. But today's theme is going to be fear. So we're gonna start right off with uh, what is it? one, two f- five and one the six will be ending with Stacey Abrams because we're already questioning the election. And as last week, we are, oh man, this is for democracy.
18: We just had Governor ASA Hutchinson on. Who sometimes has some constructive criticism from members of his own party. He has really been critical, obviously, of former President Trump. And I asked him about the Georgia Senate race and Herschel Walker. And did he believe Herschel Walker's denials when it came to this story that he had paid for an abortion uh, by a former girlfriend of his? And he basically said, uh, you know, to take him at his word or he's giving him the benefit of the doubt and it just struck me that some of these things, you know, years and years ago would have been completely disqualifying for Republicans. And they certainly no longer are.
19: That's right, because the, the new litmus test, particularly three weeks out, because you're right, Asa Hutchinson typically would tell truth to power when he thought it was right. But right. three weeks out, why are you going to write off a Senate candidate in what's still a close race if you might possibly want to run for president so what you have is politically driven willful ignorance the idea that you give herschel walker the benefit of the doubt on this stuff at this point ignores all the facts and all the evidence but it is the current environment is causing people to put party over country and power over principle that is the new marching orders yeah but look when you're campaigning with a dumpster fire uh, you you've got it you've got a fundamental problem particularly when that thought bubble goes off the fact is they've gotten used to campaigning with dumpster fires and they're willing and they're willing to say that you know what Republicans say, look, what do you expect me to do, endorse, endorse a Democrat? I, again, the idea that used to drive things, particularly when it comes to independence and election, is thinking about the voting for the person, not the party. And now it's party above all else, even when the candidate you're backing is a conspiracy theorist crackpot or someone who's manifestly incompetent.
14: We that's have
12: because, to. We one sec, have, That's
14: because okay. it's not the party. You know, it, it, it's the it's control. And so it's not Herschel Walker. No, that's right. It's just about control the, of the
20: Senate. the letter after the
18: name. Of course. I will, I will leave it at this. When you campaign with a dumpster fire. In
20: footage obtained by CBS News on August 18th, I got you. police showed up at the Tampa home of Tony Patterson, a registered sex offender who was told he was under arrest for voter fraud.
3: The voter fraud? What is voter fraud? Voting when you're not supposed to, sir.
20: That same day, Ramona Oliver, who served 18 years on a second-degree murder charge, was arrested for voting illegally in 2020 even though she'd received a voter ID card from the state.
21: I was like, voter's I voted, but I ain't fought, commit no fraud. And I was headed to work when y'all stopped me.
20: Patterson, Oliver, and 18 others were accused of violating a 2018 state law that allows most former felons to vote after they complete their sentences, but not those convicted of murder or felony sex offenses, as Patterson and Oliver were. They now face five years in prison. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis touted the arrests that same day.
19: They did not get uh, their rights restored, and yet they went ahead and voted anyways. Uh, That is against the law, and now they're going to pay the price for it.
20: The arrests were made following investigations by a controversial state police force established by the governor to investigate voter fraud. In the videos first obtained by the Tampa Bay Times, Patterson tells a police officer he was misled.
1: Why would y'all let me vote
22: if I wasn't uh, wasn't able to vote? I'm not sure, buddy. Uh, I don't know.
20: And that confusion is exactly what voting experts say shouldn't have been allowed in the first place.
0: If you are going to hold this high bar and say it's against the law, make it so that the person is notified from the outset. Don't allow them to go through the system, and then after the fact, go, gotcha.
20: Critics say part of the problem is that the Florida Voter Registration form doesn't say anything about which former felons can have their right to vote restored or which ones aren't eligible to vote. One of those arrested in August said a local DMV official told him he could register. Governor DeSantis' is off.
17: You know, we study history because, of course, it's relevance to our current times. And, John, I always like talking to historians because often they make me feel better about the times we're in. They say, well, it wasn't as bad as back then. <laughs> right. But, I mean, when you look at the divisions that are present right now in our country, a lot of people do talk about the 1850s yeah. and the Civil War and the, and the fears of violence and division. And do you see parallels to those times?
23: Tragically, yes. Mm. But, you know, history is human nature. History is not a fairy tale. There was not a once upon a time, and there's not going to be a happily ever after. This is on us. It was on Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and that generation. It's on us. It's a stress test for citizenship. And by being in conversation with the past, we can see how fallen, frail, fallible sinners could actually do some saintly things. Mm. Not all saintly, but
24: just enough to get it. Uh, The Secret Service documents provided to your select committee, Congressman, show clear warnings that Trump supporters were, in fact, planning to target the U.S. Capitol. Who ultimately bears responsibility for failing to prepare for that threat? Well, I think ultimately
3: the responsibility, even for failing to prepare for that threat, is Donald Trump, since he created it. And then, you know, on the day of January 6, still lit that fire. When we go down further though, anybody I think that had any of this intelligence should have rang the bell loudly. Look, I was on January 1st. I remember I'm on a call with, Ke- with uh, Kevin McCarthy and other Republican members. And I told, I said, look, there's gonna be violence on the 6th. Of course, Kevin McCarthy dismissed me, uh, you know, and thought that was overheated rhetoric. But I think let's take, let's take all of this information we know, you know, we can cast some stones. We need to hold accountability but let's also make sure the thing that we learned after 9-11, let's try to learn something like that again, which is these agencies have got to be talking to each other. And one of my concerns is, is less about, well, I, I, I'm concerned that maybe they saw this intelligence, that there was going to be potentially violence, that there was going to be an attack, and they dismissed it because, oh, you know, these are Donald Trump's people. They would never do anything like this. You You have to obviously question what if if instead of that, it was replaced with like ISIS or, or extremists of some sort. So look, we got to protect this country for all of us. It's the right thing to do.
24: Yeah, a real real intelligence blunder. They got the intelligence. They knew what was coming, but they didn't do anything to prepare. Your fellow committee member Zoe Lofgren says you'll be calling back. Uh, you'll be calling back several Secret Service agents to testify, including Tony Ornato, based on the documents you now have from the Secret Service. Congressman, do you believe they lied? In their previous testimony?
3: Look it's it's not for me to say at this point whether they lied or not. I, there are some inconsistencies that we're gonna you know pursue. There are a lot of questions things they said earlier that m- maybe witnesses have countered. Look there is something regardless there is something going on at the Secret Service. Either pure incompetence all the way on the scale to you know potentially very criminal activity or, or you know, just uh, having a preference for one side or the other. And so we know that these text messages were deleted after these requests to preserve those documents came forward. Um, and there's a lot of answers we simply don't have. Uh, they have made it clear through anonymous sources that they're willing to come in and testify. We want to hear them again. We want to talk to them. And it's going to be under oath.
24: Do you want to elaborate on those inconsistencies that you mentioned?
3: No, not too much, because I don't want to get out ahead of it. And part of, you know, when you talk to people and ask questions, they, they may come in and have no idea what those inconsistencies are either. But look, it's not, I just want to make this clear. This isn't about trying to get anybody. It's about trying to present before the American people the truth as a democracy. You know, we can have bad days. January 6th was a bad day. But it's how we come back from those bad days that will define us as a country. It's can we take full accountability for what happened from a congressional perspective, um, showing how we can prevent that from happening, giving the American people the truth. And now, obviously, DOJ has a real interest in that. And that's where people would be held criminally responsible, which I certainly think there is some criminal liability, I would even say, with the president of the United States because he knew what he
24: was doing. Congressman Adam Kinzinger, thanks as usual for joining us.
3: And newly released
21: police body cam footage shows the confusion surrounding Florida Governor Ron DeSantis imposing his crackdown on so-called voter fraud. When he sent cops out to arrest people, where is the information that says, unless you are a pedophile or a murderer, right. you are not allowed to vote? Clearly, it's not written anywhere, or they would not have allowed him to do this. And where is Ron say, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Why are you allowing this? This is your problem. You set these people up to be part of this voter fraud thing. Th- this is, this is the, what they're up to
13: now the Uh Republican Party, because they can't win, and they know they can't win, because the demographics
16: are changing, and the future is not Republican Party. So they have to cheat. Oftentimes, it's
25: the right that talks so much about the left being soft on crime. Here, he created a 15, or or I think it's a, uh, the Office of Election Crimes and Security this year, they were given a staff of 15 to go and do this sort of work. To me, this is soft wow. on crime. There are real criminals. There are real things happening in this country, and you are now kind of, uh, what is it, entrapment, like almost, yeah. with telling people they yeah. can this and then arresting sad. them yeah. for not. That well, is a there, waste and there's, of
13: law well, what This is playing into that white fear, right? There's rising crime everywhere. Just real quick. that's the fear. Overwhelmingly, they found the amount of voter fraud that like 0.006 six folks were Republicans. Yes. Elderly people from there. Why were they not paraded in front of cameras? Why were well, they not arrested in it front like of footage? But why <gasps> were they not paraded by uh, what's his name? Listen, the Decenti- DeSantis <laughs> to say I just <laughs> you know, came so down on voter <laughs> suppression. And you say, oh,
21: you voted fraudulently. So I'm arresting you. Not like let's get to let's let's see what this is about.
12: We are here today because we are about to make history. In 20 days, we are changing Georgia. Let's get it done. Thank you all so much for being here. Yesterday was amazing. And I'm not talking about the debate. That was good too. But yesterday we saw record turnout for early voting. Yes, we should be excited. But let's remember what that means. It does not mean that voter suppression doesn't exist. That's like saying that there are no more sharks in the water because more people get in. We know that voter suppression is alive and well in Georgia, but we're stronger, we're faster, and we're better than it, and we are going to bring it, and we're going to win this election.
8: Boys and girls, do you not understand? If you don't elect Igor, you're going to lose democracy, because that's what Obama says. And this week, like, magically, that was the soundbite in every democrat talking point and i wonder about the nazis was this what it was like to be the nazis it's nazi time boys and girls nazi time and it it goes in line with most americans see media as biggest threat to our democracy that's a poll gallup record highest ever level americas with no trust in all mass media because that's what they're putting out. And once again, people remember. We all remember what the Democrats did for four years. We remember what they did for Trump. But this this is next level. Does this what the Dem- Nazis felt? Or regular citizens as the Nazis took over? He had more. I mean, it just was classic fucking meltdown. I won't even read the replies because I'll just read this. Just the news. Narrative backfire. Mainstream media most widely feared threat to democracy. New poll, despite efforts by Democrats to say Trump and Mega are the threat to democracy. And that's just the news. They ran an article. That's not what Americans think because Trump's not on the ballot. And then they even they tried to fight that Biden didn't say that Fetterman's wife is going to make a great candidate. So normal people, this guy's normal, Charlie Spearing. The full quote of Biden to Fetterman. John, thank you very much for running. I really do appreciate it. And Giselle, you're going to be a great, great lady in the Senate. That's what he said. He might have meant first lady, but nobody says that. You had the one soundbite where literally he goes to Fetterman And fucking Fetterman just runs away. And I got it in my comedy section. So let's move it forward because this is just too fucking hilarious.
26: Mr. Uh, Fetterman, no. are, are you satisfied with the progress of the bridge?
6: Okay.
1: All right. Tim Ryan in Ohio said he doesn't want you there. Warnock said wouldn't say. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, they're by 16. There I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more to asked. Another 20 or so. So I'm going to be going in. Recovery hasn't released his
26: full medical records yet. Is this enough to assuage critics? I think it is.
7: I don't even think he needed the note, to be honest with you. Have you seen the guy? Is a political uh, athlete, one of the best ones I've ever seen. He's pure talent. He looks and sounds and acts like the state of Pennsylvania, similar to like a Tim Ryan, right? He is traveling all over the state of Pennsylvania and having if rallies are a measurement of enthusiasm, like the former president used to measure, uh, this guy is holding rallies all over the, the state with huge numbers. He gave NBC, The Today Show, I think he gave them 45 minutes, Oz gave them 15. This guy has showed that he's more than capable of doing the job.
12: I mean, I was... And that, most probably because his own poll numbers are creating some of the headwinds that Democrats are facing.
2: Listen, the best thing that Joe Biden can do for Democrats on the ballot is keep doing what he's doing as president. He just saw Gene Sperling go through a litany of what this administration has accomplished. I mean, it truly is extraordinary, I mean, going back to the days of, of FDR. I had dinner with Speaker Pelosi last night. We were talking about all the accomplishments that have gone on. And think about it, LBJ, FDR, they had huge Democratic majorities. What has been able to be accomplished for the American people over the course of the last year is just extraordinary. The American Rescue Plan saved our economy. The Inflation Reduction Act lets us now negotiate drug prices for the first time. President Biden's reduced Medicare premiums for the first time in a decade. So the president should continue to be present. He's doing a lot of campaign stops. I mean it's extraordinary, Andrew. You and I are having this conversation this conversation. The Senate won two votes, the House very close, single digits historically, these numbers should be way against the Democrats. They're not. My message, though, to Democrats, you got to get out there. Third-party candidates are going to be very important this year. If you look at incumbents who are at 47, 48, they haven't hit 50, these third-party candidates in a lot of these races are make a big... D- and, I,
25: and I misspoke. I mean, I yeah. told it's going to make a President, huge difference. It's President Obama who's going to those big states. You bet he is. Not, not President uh, Biden, because...
8: Oh, listen, there's... I understand they went to Fetterman. He's a political animal, they say. That's how much spin we got. That's where we're at. BLM tussled with police. We didn't cover it. Article, the decider, Jill Biden's unparalleled influence and impact on the president. They're outright admitting that in the case of their two crippled fucks, they, folks, they know they're not running shit. They know it. They completely know it. But they're still going to spin. They're still going to spin. Here is just a choice cut of media spinning to make it look like, once again, the Democrats are the greatest thing fucking ever. I love politics. The media jerk
6: off of the week.
4: so hot. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. You know, there is not a lot that American presidents can do to control gas prices, even though their political fate often depends on whether they're going up or down. They do have the one trick up their sleeve. There's an enormous stockpile of actual barrels of oil along the coastlines of Louisiana and Texas, where there are hundreds of millions of barrels stored underground. It's known as the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, I think a lot of people have heard that, think it's some accounting thing. It's not. No, it's literally a reserve of oil that we keep in caves. We started stockpiling barrels of oil after the Arab oil embargo in the early 70s, a kind of emergency source to protect the U.S. from having to deal with a sudden supply crunch, which is basically what we're dealing with now. Earlier this month, the Saudi-run oil cartel known as OPEC announced that it would slash production by two million barrels a day. Gas prices are already pretty high, but that would result in further skyrocketing of prices like the ones we saw right after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And with 20 days before the midterm election, that of course can make a huge difference on the outcome. The fate of American democracy hangs largely on these little digits you see at gas stations across the country. As wild as it is to say that, it's basically true. And so today, President Joe Biden decided to pull a lever. He announced he will release 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserves to bring down gas prices. The Saudis have a lot of control over gas prices, the biggest oil-producing nation. And for Republicans, that's really all that matters. Um, That means OPEC and the big oil companies, well, they're inclined towards the Republican Party over the Democratic Party. Remember, Democratic Party is the party that wants to fight climate change, which means the ultimate abolition, ultimately, of fossil fuel burning. So this is not a tough case, right? Oil companies, OPEC, Saudi's not exactly eager to make sure prices are low before an election where democratic candidates are vulnerable. It's also why Saudi Arabia might want to suddenly announce a cut in oil production right before the midterms. Of course, Democrats can't just throw their hands up and say, oh well, because the future of American democracy is in, as we report night in and night out on this program, real peril, existential peril. One of the two major parties is currently under the thrall of the guy who tried a
27: violent coup unsuccessfully. The polling shows wow. President wow. Biden's approval rating at its highest point in a year.
7: In the latest CBS News, YouGov survey, 48% of Americans say they approve of the president's job performance compared to 52% wait, 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 who disapprove. I, I, I just have to
27: stop right here for a I second. Know. I, I keep hearing, you know, there are so many articles that are written. Keep that up. I w- just keep that up. There are so many articles that are written every day by lazy people uh, who talk about how Democrats are running away from Joe Biden because of his historically low approval ratings. Keep this up. It's the same type of lazy reporters. They used to always say, well, of course, Donald Trump's economy is stronger than anybody else's economy ever. When actually, even before the pandemic, his economy was growing like the seventh fastest of of, of like the last seven to 10 presidents. Joe Biden's approval ratings have been low, they've been in the 30s. But again, you're reading one election story after another, one Trumpist media outlet after another talking about Joe Biden's low approval ratings. This is one poll, this is a CBS you Gov poll. We showed another yesterday that had him at 46%, his highest in a year. Um, and, and so, you know, I think his average is around 42, 43%, which historically uh, compares uh, fairly well Uh, compared compared to others at this stage of their presidency. But Mike Barnacle, the laziness is just. And that's why I wanted to keep this up for a second. The laziness of reporters who say, oh, candidates don't want Biden because he has. Low polling, he has historically low polling. It's really not
28: true. Well, you know, the presidency of Joseph R. Biden has been incredibly successful when you look at it bit by bit, piece by piece, past legislation. And uh, the fact that he's at 48 percent, that's higher than Donald Trump was at the height of his presidency, I think, to my memory. And Eddie, it's incredible, as to Joe's point, that no matter what happens in this presidency, no matter what is passed, the focus seems to be on poll numbers rather than legislation that has actually improved the lives of many Americans.
9: Right, right. And that's 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 the current that he has to, to swim against. And, 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 you know, this this perception uh, that he's not popular, this perception that he's not being effective. Uh, and, and part of the work that the Democratic Party has to do is to kind of figure out a way mm. might be too late at this point, but a narrative to break through that. Um, I don't know what the content of it will be, but you've got to tell the truth about what you've done uh, and see what happens from there.
14: Michael, the majority of voters do believe that democracy is at risk. But as Robert just said, recent polling shows the economy is their number one issue. How do Democrats get the American people to understand if we do not have a functioning democracy, we cannot have a successful economy? If you're wondering if that's true, go look at China and Russia and ask those people how they're feeling.
22: Well, you just did it, Stephanie. I don't have to say it. You just did. It is the most common sense thing in the world. Let's just go back to January when the president gave the first State of the Union. He should have linked the economy and destiny, democracy, together. Um, you're talking about what's going on over overseas uh, in Ukraine with Russia tie that into the economy help people understand what that economically means for us as well as what it means to us to be in that fight to preserve democracy doing it there doing it here at home against an anti-democratic insurrectionist republican party so for me, it's not a complicated discussion. If, trust me, if I was still chairman, we'd had a whole nother narrative going on right now. Trust me, because it's there. It's, it writes itself. It is, it is befuddling to me that Democrats have not known how to do the politics of this. In other words, take those two things that are so inextricably linked to the uh, in, together, and un- help America understand how they're part of that, and why why it matters, how their vote is cast, why it matters what this administration has done. Um, and And so I, I think, you know, a lot of candidates have kind of had to find their own way. Um, they don't have the the good counsel of uh, Robert Gibbs in the White House to sort of help mm-hmm. reset narratives. So you have a lot of folks out there trying to figure out exactly how to make the case you just did. So what I would say is put what you just said on a loop and Democrats put push that ish out on the street and help people understand that without an underlying functioning democracy, it doesn't matter what your gas prices are, baby. It won't matter whether or not you're paying $5 for a gallon of gas or, or $2 for a loaf of bread. What will matter is you won't be able to afford anything because you can't vote, you can't freely assemble, you're on hit lists, our Congress is dysfunctional. All these things are linked together.
14: What will matter is when your autocratic government takes over the banking system and your accounts get locked.
26: The President promised to send a bill to Congress to codify Roe earlier today. Uh, I've got two basic questions about that. Number one, would that bill simply codify Roe, or would it go farther and overturn individual state abortion restrictions? And then number two, are there any abortion restrictions at all that the President
18: would support?
0: What the president is going to do, and wants to do, and believes in doing, is codifying Roe. He believes uh, that is uh, what it was—the the law of the land, the constitutional right for almost 50 years, uh, and it's—he believes in its specific provisions was rightly decided. He has said this regularly, including right after Dobbs, and uh, that has not changed.
26: Right, but that's that didn't answer either question. There's first of all the, there are individual state restrictions on abortion in the on the books currently around the country. Um some of those existed before the Dobbs case before the overturn of Roe. Would the president with this bill codify Roe? Does he want that bill to go farther and I just and, I just answered that question. And overturn, he
0: believes he overturn, I just answered that question. He believes in Roe and how, and how it stood before the Dobbs decision.
26: Okay, and then on the individual restrictor, er, are there any restrictions whatsoever that the president would support when it comes to abortion?
0: He, be- again, he believes in the provisions that Roe had, um, and that's where he stands. I would suggest you reading it.
26: Why is it that the president was talking about nuclear Armageddon behind closed doors to political donors two weeks ago? Rather than speaking directly with the American people about that topic. Well,
0: there was press. Your colleagues. There were a few of your colleagues that were in the room.
26: Well, given the severity and the significance of that threat, isn't that something that the president should perhaps? Well, we
0: have talked about we.
8: Spin, spin, spin. But it's just, it's just backfiring. Um, as you have probably seen, if you follow the news, AOC just got fucking wrecked. And then they sent, and this I think it's NBC. Let me double check. I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. I think it's NBC. Hold on. Joe
24: Biden's worst president ever. Eh? What? Uh,
8: CBS. So CBS, here's what voters are saying and what they're doing to even the beloved AOC.
24: Joe Biden's the worst president ever, man. Why? Uh, first of all, look at gas, the economy, the border. We got fit and all. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't care about Americans. Trump could
1: run again. All you have to do is say, are, are you better off now than you were four years ago when I was in office? And the answer would be a resounding no. Hello, Phoenix.
20: Former President Trump endorsed Republican Blake Masters to unseat Arizona Senator Mark Kelly, a Democrat.
24: Mark Kelly does nothing for the, for the state. Congresswoman,
7: none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are a bunch of warhawks, okay? You originally voted, you ran as an
13: outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of
6: American citizens? You're playing with our
13: lives. There will be no
29: neighbors if there's a nuclear bomb. You voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. You are the establishment, and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose to stand up right now and denounce the Democratic Party. Will you do that? Yes or no? Okay. simple. Are you going to stop nuclear war? Yes or no? There is no line, because this is bullshit. None of this matters if we're all dead. None of it. You know that. Then let's take it up right now because this is the only thing that matters. This is the only thing that matters right now. We could be in a nuclear war at any minute and you continue to fund it. That's what's going on. Why not right now? You're the liar here. Nobody has held you accountable. That's what's happening. And it is time for you to stand up and realize that what you've been saying has been lies. Let your conscience come through for once.
8: Tell me a Republican can pop a move as they're getting heckled. How about this one? FBI attorney Kevin Kleneth fabricated evidence against the president and his campaign in order to get an illegal spy warrant. Obama spied on his opposition. They then went for two years and lied about Russia, Russia, Russia. But Bannon's going to jail. And I don't like Bannon, but going to jail. Biden funding drag queen Performances in Ecuador. Bundan, Biden, admin, not stopped or slowed down U.S. production, as they're saying. They've stopped it. They're lying. They get away with it. Big article this week. Lauren Boebert tells GOP Tennessee event, we are in the last, last days of the second coming of Christ. And people flip the fuck out. That's what Christians believe. Just saying. For a friend. I... The spin we will do to protect them is unequivocally bad. It's just really, really bad. And then you have this on Twitter. And I I use this because, remember, this is how we dictate our campaigns now. This is how the voice gets out. This was on Twitter just yesterday.
10: I was just going to say, if there's another holocaust and people start rounding Uh up the Jews. This, I just say, if they start rounding up the Jews again, I hope Ben gets gassed first.
8: Joking about gassing people. He then said a few white supremacists successfully lobbied YouTube to suspend me, a Jewish dual citizen of Israel and USA, for anti Semitism. Ben Shapiro and friends can virtually signal all they want, but ultimately they, they are the ones platforming dangerous anti Semites. It's that connection that came from YouTube and the far left saying he's the gateway drug for white supremacy. Gateway drug. You know, here's what's wrong with Republicans. And I think I don't follow this person. This is Stacy on the right.
11: Obscenity isn't civil. Pornography isn't civil. Objectifying children isn't civil. An open southern border that invites sex trafficking and fentanyl invasion. 100,000 dead Americans. There's nothing civil about that. Why doesn't. Vice President Pence approached some of the parents at the side of the casket as they watched their child lowered into the ground because they've been killed by a fentanyl overdose, why doesn't he ask them if they feel civil? I can tell you now, any parent of a child they've lost, you're not supposed to see your children go down into the ground. You're supposed to go first. Children are supposed to outlive you. And when you have that unfortunate occurrence in your life, there's nothing civil about it. There's nothing civil about sex trafficking or crime. There's nothing civil about having your vehicle stolen out of your driveway. There's nothing civil about having your home broken into, having someone in your family raped, having an innocent child killed by a stray bullet in a gang-infested city environment that has the police defunded and a Soros prosecutor. There's nothing civil about the Democrats' agenda. And if Vice President Pence needs to understand that, I wrote a book about all of this. He could read it. It's short. It's a weekender. And then he could come back to that Georgetown crowd and say, you know what? It doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is. That's who I'm voting for because I'm a Republican. And the Republican Party ideas are better than the Democrats. Everything we're doing is better than what they're doing because we care about people. We love God and we love this country. That's what he should have said instead of whining and talking about civility. Civility is a dead man on the battlefield. When your enemy holds a bayonet and an M16 and you hold civility. I'm sick of hearing about what someone said and their words and their tweets. I'm all about being here to see what you've done. And if you are responsible for destroying our oil and natural gas energy production over the past 18 months, then there's nothing civil about what I want to do. I want to go into the voting box and remove you from power. And that very act in and of itself is extraordinarily civil. But I didn't hear Pence talking about that. I
8: heard this and I got to be quite honest. I was pretty moved by it because it's what I've been saying. What do they do right now? This is a true fact that the Biden administration Put pressure on El Paso not to declare an emergency so that it wouldn't look like an emergency. We find out 11,000 illegal aliens from El Paso went to New York and they didn't complain. They talked about the 3,000 that a Republican sent. It basically just shows it's all games. They don't care. And that mayor down there, his city is overrun with crime and everything, but the party. we got to protect the party. This happened this week. This motherfucker on the cashless bail concept was released and he went out and murdered. He went out and murdered because that's what he can do. Do I have Krasner? Let me see. I hope I have this. I, I'm going to Get the Krasner soundbite, because he would not go to the Senate or the House and show up like he's supposed to, and he went to the Capitol to literally, or Harrisburg, to fucking talk about racism.
29: Part of the Republican playbook, as you well know, is to point a finger at large diverse cities
8: and say large diverse cities are lawless. Does that remind you of anything? You ever heard that before? Those of you in the press are students of history. You're aware of the Southern strategy. What we see here is the same old playbook, which is about coded and racist messaging. It's about blaming the biggest city in Pennsylvania with the most diverse population for having
29: the same national struggle that we have with gun violence everywhere and even having increases
8: that are less than the committee's counties. So, basically, what Bannon is going to jail for, and it's racism. Simultaneously, the New York Times ran, disinformation is already splintering and going away. Why resentful rural Americans vote for Republicans? We're we're resentful because we don't vote for Democrats. Resentful. USA Today, Rittenhouse House. Christmas Parade defendant gives tearful opening statements, two sides to every story. That's how they covered a mass murderer. Then Harris, and I don't have a slide for this, literally goes out and hires a person. It was a blind hire for a new speechwriter because she keeps losing people. And guess what? It was a white guy, and her staff got pissed off. Staff got pissed off. So once again, we're, we're really pissed off, we're really saying we gotta stop misinformation. Here is a election denier, since that's the word we use now.
28: This is how you can stop inflation, boys and girls. So Ms. Abrams, oh, back to the root of Joe's question that he just asked you. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, But while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with?
12: But let's be clear, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. But we also have to talk about what a governor can do a governor can address housing prices a governor can address the cost of education a governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hard-working Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to the wealthy that's what I talk about on the trail and that's what's resonating but let's not pretend that women half the population especially those of childbearing age they understand that having a child is absolutely an economic issue It is only politicians who see it as simply another cultural conversation. It is a real biological and economic imperative conversation that women need to have.
5: In an August interview, Senator, you said, quote, abortion is the killing of an unborn human being, and that you do not believe the dignity and the worth of human life is tied to the circumstances of their conception. You've now signed on to fellow Senator Lindsey Graham's bill for a national abortion ban. My question to you specifically is, if reelected, if your vote can make a federal abortion ban,
30: with no exceptions, the law of the land, will you vote yes? Number one, I'm 100% pro-life, because I, not because I want to deny anyone their rights, but because I believe that innocent human life is worthy of the protection of our laws. That said, every bill I've ever sponsored on abortion, every bill I've ever voted for, has exceptions. Every one of them does because that's what can pass and that's what the majority of people support. Now what was before us today in Congress that you talk about Lindsey Graham's bill, that's a four-month ban. Okay, That is more lenient than every country in Europe except for two. The extremist on abortion in this campaign is Congresswoman Demings. She supports no restrictions, no limitations of any kind. She voted against a, four, she's against a four-month ban, she voted against a five-month ban, she supports Taxpayer-funded abortion on demand for any reason at any time up until the moment of birth. That's what she supports. That's the extreme position here. I have shown a willingness to work with people to save unborn innocent human life. She opposes any limitation of any kind, and no one
15: ever asks them about that. Congressman Dennings. Senator, how gullible do you really think Florida voters are? Number one, you have been clear that you support no exceptions. Even including rape and incest. Now, as a police detective who investigated cases of rape and incest, no, Senator, I don't think it's okay for a 10-year-old girl to be raped and have to carry the seed of her rapist. No, I don't think it's okay for you to make decisions for women and girls. As a Senator, I think those decisions are made between the woman, her family, her daughter, and her Faith. And to sit over or to stand over there and say that I support don't support abortions up to the time of birth is just a lie. But to help protect the life of the mother which you looked at that like it was just well kind of a well that's kind of a side issue. Senator you know that you have said you don't support any exception. No, yeah, no, no,
30: number one the bill that she's attacking me on has exceptions. It has exceptions. That's the bill right now. Number two, that you want to the talk about extremes, let me tell you, you about extreme, because you talk about extreme. Here's extreme. Okay, a child that's born alive after a failed abortion. It happened 11 times in Florida in 2017, it happened 8 times in 2020, a child on a failed abortion born alive. And we had doctors in America that refused to treat or provide medical care to a child born alive. And we tried to pass a law that said that should be a crime, that's infanticide. The abortion failed, the child was born alive and you refused to treat it, and she voted against that. That's how extreme she is. And she still will not tell you, you should ask her, what limits on abortion will you support? Congresswoman.
15: What we know is that the senator supports no exceptions. He can make his mouth say anything today. He's good at that, by the way. What day is it and what is Marco Rubio saying? I've said time and time again, and he knows it, that I support a woman's right to choose up to the time of viability.
5: Senator, before we go, I want to get back to the original question because I understand that you said you have supported legislation that has exceptions and that this particular bill that Lindsey Graham is drafting, you signed on to, does have that up to four months. But I asked you a specific question. That is, if you get the chance in another six-year term to vote
30: for a federal abortion ban with no exceptions, would you vote yes if it would make it the law? No, listen, I've already told people what I but I don't believe that the value of a human life is determined by the circumstances, right. I gave you. I gave but the statement. law that can pass in this country, I'm interested in saving human lives. And that's why every law that's out there has exceptions, including, including the one that, that she's attacking me on, has exceptions. Every law I've ever passes exceptions. we're never going to get a vote on a law that doesn't have exceptions, because that's what the majority of the American people are, and I respect and understand that, and, and that's what I support, but she's still, you haven't asked her, no one here has asked her, she still won't answer what specific limits she's i never I voted I, for a limit, I not after four months, not after five months. I and by the answered. way, and by the way, on the issue of exceptions, I'm being attacked on a bill that has exceptions. It's written right in there. My name is on that bill. My name is on that bill. There's a reason why no bills are ever introduced without exceptions, because because that can't pass without that in there. And I understand and recognize it, and that's why I have continued to support bills that have exceptions. But she supports no limits of any kind. That is out of the mainstream. That is radical. She supports letting a doctor let an unborn baby, a born baby born alive, and the doctor doesn't have to treat it. That's time. Another minute to you, Congresswoman Demings.
15: Marco Rubio has been clear that he supports no exceptions, even in the cases of rape and incest. He said it time and time and time again. But what I can say to him, and I can say to Florida, we are not going back, Senator, no matter how obsessed you are with the woman's body and her right to choose, we are not going back to a time where women are treated like second-class citizens or like property. And I'll say it again, because obviously he didn't hear or he doesn't want to. I support a woman's right to an abortion up to the time of viability. So,
30: will she? Well, can you ask if she support a 24-week ban? Will you support a 24-week ban? Because you didn't support a 20-week ban. You didn't support- Up to, to the time of viability. Well, but when is that? That's the vague language they all give. And then they talk about the doctor and the family. Let me tell you who else is in that it's room, that abortion room. The government is in that room because she brought them in there. She wants the taxpayer he to pay for that abortion. That's government involvement.
15: A rabid, not just to pay for I that abortion, point, but to pay for them all over the world. For a woman all over the world. and That's our extreme. girls. That's a radical. And that I believe at this point we're going to we're happen gonna happen move on.
30: I'm
5: going to uh, ask that you both allow me to
30: move on with this debate. We still didn't hear what limits she supports.
8: I added Deming in on that because that's that's where we're at. That's the crazy shit. Kill babies, we'll have inflation. Then we find out, and we already knew it, that the FBI has taken down 22 fucking pro-life people, but not a single motherfucker who damaged shit. Jane's revenge has been brought to justice for over 100. The Guardian publishes misleading photos to show a first trimester so it doesn't look like a baby. That's that's nothing new. PolitiFact displays craptastic double standard on abortion position in Wisconsin because they PolitiFact is for the killing of babies. That, that's what they're down with. Totally. One hundred percent down with it. And I forgot this slide because this is just classic lawmakers trying to lock in 50 billion aid package for Ukraine before GOP takes control of Congress. And the media is like, well, that's very important. We need to do that. We need to send them. We sent over a trillion at least now, folks. I, it's got to be close. The amount of fucking shit we sent that country. I, I don't I don't get. Um, I, I just don't understand. So let's do, um, before we move on, I'm going to care- keep that for later. Um, I got a Ben Shapiro, a Terry Shepard, and Tuck on Twitter. So I'm going to play those sound bites.
31: On the other side, we're going to head on into woke. Democrats have wildly underperformed. All they had to do was stand aside and allow things to go back to normal after President Trump left office. Instead, they decided that they were going to embrace world-breaking politics. Well, the way they are defending against their incipient failure here is just by screaming at this guy. So Joy Reid, who is, um, her name is, is not, it, it does not belie her attitude. She says, quote, it's terrifying how many Americans will choose literal fascism, female serfdom, climate collapse, and the reversal of everything from Social Security and Medicare to student loan relief because they think giving Republicans the power to investigate Hunter Biden will bring down gas prices. Now, again, this is where I, I go back to the idea that the online is not the real world. In the real world, people care about the fact that they are paying 10% more for their goods than they were last year. And a lot more than they were two years ago. In the real world, people care about the fact that they may lose their job next year. In the real world, businesses are looking at their future profits and they're shuddering. In the real world, people are looking at Joe Biden's spending policy and realizing it's really, really bad. Or they're looking at Joe Biden's foreign policy and realizing that's not particularly good either. In Joy Reid's world, we are on the verge of literal fascism. We're on the verge of Women being reduced to the state of serfs, like we're going to make them work in the fields and give a percentage of their earnings to the Lord. The, 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 the Republicans are going to use the right of droid de seigneur. They're, they're, they're going to go back to, to prima nocta. Like what, what, what in the world is she talking about? But this is for people who are wildly disconnected from reality power. And they're terrified that he will succeed. So what we're seeing
23: is the desperation of a regime, not just a political regime, but a cultural regime, a class of people running the country who feel like they are losing power and they're panicked. You can feel it in their hysteria. The hectoring lifestyle liberals, the one who worked to crush the American spirit, freedom and independence of mind, masculinity, those people, the ones who've been yelling at you on television for the past five years, feel like holy smokes, it's all slipping away. If the proles get to talk, we're in deep trouble. Ready the helicopters from the roof of the embassy. We got to get out of here. But it's interesting. Unlike previous regimes, these are not people in uniforms. These are chirpy middle-aged women who are telling you, you better obey for your own good. Brandi Zedrozny of NBC News, for example. We showed a clip of her the other day talking in her sing-songy voice about how we're going to need a lot more censorship in this country. Hmm. Yeah, just for your own good. No, you can't go to
4: the bathroom. Shut up and obey. Right? Right?
23: Okay. This is the face of soul-crushing fascist liberalism. This is not what we've had before. This is what we have now. And people like Brandy Zdrozny are at Stormtrooper. She literally wrote a guide for how to reveal where people live, how to dox them if they are guilty of wrongthink. This is a person who targets anonymous posters online if they disagree with her, and then sits back and watches what happens. A lot of cases their lives are destroyed. And for that, for that service, that dutiful service to the people in charge, corporate media celebrates her as a hero. They have her on constantly to call for even, can you guess, even more censorship.
17: We're at the tail end of the rally right now. And, you know, you hear a lot about this is an anti-mandate rally. That's what a lot of people told us coming in. A lot of the people who were here parroted that language. But all of the speakers that we've seen today have been, it's been a misinformation fest. We've seen misinformation about the so-called dangers of vaccines. This is a very extreme message. And we may not see harm out on the streets like we saw on January 6th, but health experts say that this causes harm just the same. Mandates do seem to work to get people, the majority of people, even people who are, you know, prone to conspiracy thinking to say, I don't want to lose my job or, you know, I want to fly on that plane or whatever the the mandate is. require whatever the mandates um ruling and so like that that is some good news and you know we have um you know the the first amendment and we have like specific things in our country that make it a little um more difficult to regulate speech on the internet and i just think that it's a very hard problem
23: oh there are people out there who don't want to lose their jobs they want to fly an airplane but they
4: can't FOR THEIR OWN GOOD! SHUT UP, STOP TALKING!
23: (laughs) The problem for people like Brandy and the literally hundreds of people just like her in corporate media, all of whom wake up every morning trying to figure out how to serve power as efficiently as they can, is that no one believes them anymore. No one takes them seriously anymore. They've been caught lying one too many times. So people really no longer care if they're called names. Oh, you're trafficking in misinformation. You're a conspiracy nut. You're a
31: racist.
23: Yeah, okay. I don't care what you say. You're totally discredited. You're a joke. And that suggests that there is a change coming. We may have a country for-
6: turn it up- Let's get a walk!
17: people superior at
2: <laughs> What exactly are white people superior
21: at? They're real good at violence. Violence. Genocide. It's like stealing people's lives just because they feel like it. If you are white and you know this is happening and you say nothing, then you're a killer too. What
10: exactly are white people superior
21: at? Insecurity? Pretending? Fear? Being fearful of nothing. Being ignorant? Blame? Letting their
12: egos control their every move. Superior at being dicks.
21: What exactly are white
0: people superior at?
12: Oppression. Gaslighting. Lack of empathy. Intellectualizing
0: oppression. Did I say oppression? What exactly are white people superior at?
9: Taking what's not there. Taking shit.
21: Taking our ideas. Copycatting.
9: Gentrification.
21: Appropriating things that do not belong to them. Taking over other people's cultures. And making you believe that they invented it.
9: Maybe they're thinking of it as
21: repurposing. It's like recycle and repurpose. As my grandma would say, the white folk, they'll take
11: it if you don't copyright it. They are very good at destruction of land, destruction of people, destruction of humanness.
9: Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're conservative, like white people are really good at upholding white supremacy.
12: How about claiming that you
14: know
11: they are actually a whole separate race when actually white DNA comes from the black female?
4: So what exactly are white people superior? At?
11: Honey, lying, stealing and cheating, manipulation,
21: withholding information. Lying. Telling lies.
8: I would say that's pretty fucking racist. Racist. Because everything is racist nowadays. You see that soundbite. You see this slide that all of a sudden we realize the NHL is all white. No shit. It's all black. And basketball and football, nobody fucking cares. They just want the best players to play, you fucking idiots. They're even going after rappers who don't toe the Democratic line. So you hear that, and this was HuffPo. HuffPo had a whole article about Killer Mike being a piece of fucking shit. But that's some racist shit. And then you see our media and go, well, what's the difference?
25: We're living in a time where disinformation and lies are running rampant and confidence in the media is actually hitting an all-time low. A recent Gallup poll found only 34% of Americans believe major news organizations will report fully, accurately and fairly on current events. 38% have no trust at all. So as a
11: journalist, how do you deal with this?
21: You know, when I approach my job, when I approach a story, I make sure I have receipts, what the young people call receipts. Mm. I make it rain with receipts, mm. <laughs> I, you know. I have the newsmakers in the the piece and saying what they say. It's not my opinion it's their fact, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the problem now. The line has been obscured between fact and opinion, and people don't know what to believe now. And it's so much misinformation. The onus, particularly for me as a black woman in that room who has been vilified, I have got to come with the facts so you cannot refute anything I say. And I think any journalist... First of all, the baseline is we have 299 GOP candidates who are election deniers, who are in a lot of these races that are too close to call. Mm -hmm. That's the baseline right there. Val Demings, the race is too close to call. Rubio is up on the latest poll that I saw. Uh, Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, two black women running for U.S. Senate. Uh, She's trailing behind the candidate there. Mm -hmm. Stacey Abrams is trailing behind uh, Kemp Kemp in the gubernatorial but still it's the 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 numbers are closer and let's get to Warnock and
6: uh oh my oh. god
21: and uh <laughs> but but if there's a huge and put, Warnock is winning that one though but if there's by a, a, a small h- margin by a small margin but- but April, if, if there's a huge turnout, I'm
13: trying to get yeah. them to go to the polls. If there's a huge turnout, the polls mean yeah, are will Black less. women save the
14: world. Yeah, again? black
21: women show up at the polls. Yeah. we are the, the we are the largest part of the black base that show up at the polls. Yeah, we have saved. We, look, we saved Alabama. You know, with you know, with the Roy Moore. Roy And Georgia. Yeah. Okay. And Georgia. Georgia. Stacey Abrams. The reason why there's such a fierce fight against Stacey Abrams is because she's a winner. Granted, she did not win that gubernatorial...
32: They need to have babies. 39-week uh, uh, abortions. That is not a thing. Abortion- pregnancies normally last in 41, 42 weeks. Yeah. The idea that Republicans keep putting up, that somehow women are getting to 39 weeks, which is like three weeks or two weeks, or maybe even one week before they're having a baby, and be like, eh, I, I mean, think I'm gonna have an abortion. It is ridiculous, but they keep saying it. But they keep saying it because no one stops them or calls them out.
26: Well, I mean, the one thing we've seen during the abortion debate that's unfolded is that most of these white Republican men have no idea how a baby's actually do made. Do they even know
32: how to make a like, baby? I don't think they know. no do. idea what and they're he talking has kids. about.
26: Uh, You know, and and I'd I'd love to see what his take is on Herschel Walker, by the way, talking about paying for abortions out there. Uh, Be that as it may, Tim Tim Ryan, though, I think I have to say, has put on a clinic in terms of how to debate, yeah, how to yeah. deal with these moderate Republicans, how to expose these modern Republicans like you said, who in the primary, they're all about Donald Trump. The minute the primary ends, they're scrubbing their websites, they're changing their plans, they're trying to do everything they can to pretend like that primary didn't happen. And Tim Ryan's having none of it, and that is the playbook for how every Democrat running across the board should be running.
10: Blake Hounshell, the editor of On Politics, the newsletter for the New York Times, has new analysis for the paper this morning about the midterm elections. They quote, the Democrats fear Red October has arrived. Blake writes in part this, quote, here's the thing about elections. When they break, they usually break in one direction. And right now, all the indicators on my political dashboard are blinking red, as in toward Republicans. Joe, we're going to get Elise's uh, focus groups out of Pennsylvania that illustrate this point as well, that perhaps abortion, while red hot over the summer and still important to some voters, may not be as persuasive a voting issue as Democrats had hoped it might be.
27: Yeah, and you're, you're hearing it everywhere. It, it actually is fascinating. The last couple of days in particular, Democratic consultants, uh, from Oregon to New York State, uh, in a near, uh, near state of panic, uh, yesterday in New York State, uh, we, we, we heard about a new poll showing uh, that the governor, Kathy Hochul, actually in trouble and, and congressional candidates concerned in close races across New York, that that's actually dragging them down. We've heard it in, in Wisconsin. Things are going Ron Johnson's way and uh, dramatically right now, according again to consultants. Pennsylvania has gotten really tight. Uh, the, the, the Republicans feel good about Georgia, feel good about Ohio, feel good about
11: a lot of a lot of races is there. Democrats need to make sure that they can walk and chew gum at the same time. They have to, you know, we know that the fears of crime are just kind of latent subtexts that have a, a racialized history in this country. Um, and so walking voters through the
32: perception of crime
11: and where there actually is crime.
10: No you know, Elise, after the Dobbs decision, Democrats said, okay, this is, the, this is the issue. This is it, we're running through the fall on this, and it has helped many candidates in many places. But you went to Pennsylvania and talked to some swing voters who said what about that topic?
16: It was interesting. We actually, we interviewed four different groups of the electorate in Pennsylvania. We started out in Philadelphia. We spoke to urban African American voters in Philly. We spoke to some swing voters from Bucks County, competitive suburb. And then we went on to Pittsburgh and we spoke to women swing voters and then to Trump supporters. And A lot to say on abortion from all of those groups, but I want to go specifically to this one just snippet of what happened when we asked swing voters from Bucks County if they were going to vote based on abortion. And let's watch that. Will any of you vote specifically based on a politician's views on abortion? No. Strictly no.
10: So that's Bucks County. Those are the swing voters who decide statewide presidential elections, obviously. So what was on their mind when you talked to them? Abortion important to them, but
16: other issues perhaps more so. And there's certainly a lot of power about abortion but they're upset about crime mm. and they say that crime is going up in Bucks County and that's also what we heard in more visceral terms from the African-American voters in Philadelphia who described just the day-to-day crime wave that they're experiencing and how they see an upswing over the last ten years
10: so interesting and Joe you were talking about the governor's race here in New York when you look at the polling where Lee Zeldin has closed the gap governor Hochul still yep. has a lead The number one issue among voters in the recent Quinnipiac poll was crime above inflation, uh, which is fascinating. But
27: I will tell you, the last week, talking about knocking on doors and getting anecdotal evidence, which I've always found, you hear it enough, like, it's on people's mind when they vote. I have heard from one Democrat after another Democrat who work for democrats when i was in washington when i'm in new york uh when when i'm in other parts of the country they're not saying hey let's talk politics they're all talking about crime hey did you hear there was a shooting and such and such yesterday mika got a call from somebody in washington you know uh, connected uh with a powerful democrat her house was broken into uh all you know it uh, it, it, it I just it's so it's bizarre. I'm hearing a different story every day. And when people are talking about crime, they're not connecting it to the election. They're just saying, my God, things are getting really bad here. So, again, the irony is in 2020, Republicans had this vapid slogan, defund the police, that that weirdos and freaks and a couple of city councils actually tried to implement into law. But National Democrats didn't. But this year may be the year that crime actually does have an impact, especially in places like Wisconsin, in places like Pennsylvania, the the suburbs, because what's happening in Philadelphia and how that's, and in, and in New York state too.
16: When Joe, before I sat down with the voters in Philadelphia, I just took a look at the crime statistics for Philly over the last year. Just because I, you know, I have a little bit of a knee jerk reaction after the whole American carnage era and know how
32: crime is. We begin tonight with Florida, which I would argue, even with Texas existing, has emerged as the, the modern state in this country that comes the closest to a modern day version of Jim Crow. Now, just hear me out. If there is a state that better exemplifies the rot of MAGA Republican rule than the state of Florida, that the governor has named in very Orwellian fashion the free state of Florida. I honestly don't know where it is, don't know what it is. I mean, Florida has it all. A law banning gay people from declaring their existence at school. Teachers can actually get fired for it. A law against anti-racist policies at work, like you have to let the racism be in the workplace or else book bans and requirements for patriotic Christian education propaganda in public schools, and of course, a concerted effort to make it as hard as possible for anyone who might vote for the out-of-power party, the Democrats, hashtag black people, to vote or to have representative districts. Florida's Jim Crow redux governor, Ron DeSantis, even has his own Office of Election Crimes. Newly released and frankly disturbing video shows Tampa police, back in August, arresting people on charges of illegal voting in the 2020 election. clear, that is because Ron DeSantis and his Republican cronies in the state legislature have done everything in their power to reverse the clock back to the 19th century. In 2018, Florida voters overwhelmingly approved an amendment reversing one of several Jim Crow era laws in Southern states and restoring voting rights for those with a felony conviction, except those convicted of murder or of a felony sex offense. More than a million Floridians got their right to vote back. But in 2019, the Republican state legislature stepped in and passed legislation requiring those citizens to pay associated fees or fines before regaining their voting rights. Basically, a big fat poll tax, which of course DeSantis happily signed into law. That law, which was upheld by a federal court in 2020, put a price on voting for thousands of disproportionately black, brown...
23: More than half a million Tutsis were murdered, in many cases by Hutus, whose rage had been stoked to violence by RTLM's broadcasts. Entire Tutsi families were dragged from their homes and hacked to death with machetes. Hundreds of thousands of women were raped. The world watched in horror as it happened, but did nothing to intervene. Instead, our leaders told us at the time, the genocide in Rwanda would live forever as a lesson to the rest of us about the capacity for evil that lurks inside every human heart and the dangers of reducing our neighbors to the sum total of their ethnicity, their individuals, not ethnic groups. Bill Clinton gave an eloquent speech actually on the subject in Kilgali back in 1998. Look it up and ask yourself, as you read it, if any Democratic Party official could today say those same words. It's hard to imagine, given what plays on a loop on that party's cable news arm, MSNBC. Have you watched MSNBC lately? Likely you haven't. Like the Tootsies, you're not the target audience, but you should tune in sometime. It's remarkable. Given that opposing racism is America's national religion, it may surprise you to learn that open race hate forms much of the substance of that channel's programming. And when we say race hate, we're not referring to the subtle coded variety. You want border security? You're giving your kids piano lessons? You like Shakespeare? You believe in the SAT? You must be a racist. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of race hate you cannot mistake for anything else, the kind where people just come out and announce. I hate this race of people, and here's why I do. It's hard to believe that anything like that is happening right now on American television, but it is out in the open. And the most amazing and the most creepy part of all is that no one is saying anything about it. It's all but ignored. And honestly, we had no idea it was going on either until we started getting texts from people Are you watching this? Can you believe this? So we tuned in. Apparently, on the left, what you're about to see is considered completely normal, even good. And that should worry you deeply. You don't want to live in Rwanda. But on MSNBC, they're already there. Now, you probably knew about Joy Reid, the race lady, who's been fixated on race hate for years now. But MSNBC has a new host, someone called Tiffany Cross, who hosts a show called The Cross Connection. Here's a selection.
25: Many of us have seen the dangers when powerful white people decide they want something, they annex it. And they've never had a problem replacing the people who stand in their way.
29: We see American white people are are going crazy, they're going, they're resorting to violence. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent.
25: White people deputizing themselves in some position of authority to have jurisdiction over their life when they need to mind their blanking business.
13: I don't think it's our responsibility to be tasked with destroying and dismantling the uh, racial oppression that's against us.
21: That's just saying we're more at fault than the white people who constructed this system and the white people who continue
10: to practice institutional racism. A majority of white people do not support policies that would unpack and unroll and reform this system of justice. This is what they want. Matt Gates is giving the white folks what they want.
25: White replacement can strangle culture. So, yes, we should all be concerned about white replacement. It is, after all, a very threat to our survival here.
23: IS THERE ANYTHING WORSE THAN WHITE PEOPLE? THEY'RE VIOLENT. THEY'RE HEARTLESS. THEY'RE CRUEL. THEY'RE DERANGED. THEY'RE SECRETIVE. THEY'RE DISHONEST. IN FACT, AS YOU JUST HEARD TIFFANY CROSS SAY, WHITE PEOPLE ARE A MORTAL DANGER TO YOU AND YOUR LOVED ONES. THEY THREATEN YOUR LIFE. ARE THEY POISONING THE WELLS? ARE THEY BAKING BREAD WITH THE BLOOD OF YOUR CHILDREN? IF NOT, ACCORDING TO TIFFANY CROSS AND MSNBC, THEY'RE FULLY CAPABLE OF DOING THOSE THINGS, THEY'VE CERTAINLY DONE WORSE. This is Hutu Radio, but it's not an independent radio station in an African country. It's part of one of the biggest news organizations in the world, part of the biggest telecommunications company in the United States, Comcast, which owns it. So you have to ask yourself, what does Comcast Board think of this? Comcast Board is mostly white people, white people who, according to the channel they own, decided they wanted something, then they annexed it, white people who steal because they're white. White people who could, quote, turn to violence when they don't get their way. White people are going crazy, endangering their communities. So you have to ask yourself, why are they putting this on the air? Why are they allowing this? This is not a policy debate. These are open attacks on people, on Americans, on the basis purely of their race. And that's just a selection. We could go on and on and on. Are they aware that this is happening? Perhaps they're not. We weren't, to be fair. But it is happening day after day after day after day. And at a certain point you have to ask yourself if it continues and nobody stops it, do they agree with it? Maybe they do. And just in case you think that we are taking Tiffany Cross out of context and pulling the worst quotes from a out of context segment to make her seem crazy and racist, (laughs) here's more, here's Tiffany Cross at MSNBC.
25: Look, a lot of folks in that capital insurrection, some of these folks were white women. And I know we're talking a lot about Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, but I do think that some of the white women who adopted, have adopted this ideology is America ready to face the fact that some of those folks look like people they have elevated and put on a pedestal of being untouchable. What do you say about this wing of of white women who have been radicalized and are enablers to this very dangerous domestic terrorism movement that we've seen increase quite rapidly?
23: So it's not just whites, it's white women. Their women are bad too. WOMEN, OF COURSE, ARE THE KEY TO REPRODUCING THE WHITE RACE, WHICH IS CLEARLY A THREAT, AS SHE SAYS AGAIN AND AGAIN, TO YOU AND YOUR FAMILY. THEY'RE DANGEROUS. THEY WANT TO HURT YOU. NOW, DON'T BE FOOLED BY THE FACT THAT TIFFANY CROSS CAN BARELY SPEAK A COHERENT SENTENCE. SHE WAS A COMMUNICATIONS MAJOR, APPARENTLY, ACCORDING TO THE INTERNET. THAT DIDN'T WORK. BUT THE GIST OF IT IS VERY, VERY CLEAR. WHITE WOMEN ARE DANGEROUS BECAUSE WHITE PEOPLE ARE DANGEROUS. THEY ARE by the nature of their DNA potential domestic terrorists. Now you can play the game well. If any other group were spoken about this way, this would be shut down immediately. And of course that's completely true. There's no other group in America you could talk about the way that Tiffany Cross, AND Joy Reed and other anchors in MSNBC talk about white people. But you don't even have to play that game. It doesn't matter what the color is. It's always wrong to reduce people to the color of their skin, to their melanin content, to their DNA. And it's even worse to attack them on the basis of that. And in fact, it's the basis of violence, actual violence, actual violence. But Tiffany Cross can't be criticized because she's oppressed. That's the key. Watch this.
25: What we didn't see were enough voices willing to point out the deeper, festering rot that's plagued this nation since it was born. People who neither discovered nor built this land have been led to believe that America is theirs and theirs alone. WILL THIS DEMOCRACY SURVIVE? WELL, A YAHOO! NEWS POLL SAYS NO. BUT PERHAPS WHEN YOU BUILD A NATION ON STOLEN LAND WITH STOLEN LABOR, IT WAS NEVER GOING TO BE A REPUBLIC WE COULD KEEP. AND SO HERE WE ARE, CELEBRATING THE BIRTH OF A NATION. INDEPENDENCE FOR WHITE MEN.
23: OKAY. ONCE AGAIN, CALLING OUT A SPECIFIC RACE BY NAME. Now YOU HAVE TO WONDER ABOUT THE OTHER ANCHORS ON MSNBC. MSNBC, some of whom are that race. Do they notice this? Do they know what's happening on their channel? Are they okay with this? What do you think happens if we continue to talk this way? You may not watch that channel, but some people do. What does this look like in a year or five years or 10 years? What kind of country do you live in? Well, a country at war with itself, race war. This woman, Tiffany Cross, whose clips you've been watching, is so deranged by a racialist. Worldview that she believes all people of one color are oppressed by all people of another color. And to prove it, she says even NFL players, some of the richest people in our society, some of the most celebrated, the most famous, the most privileged, even they can't escape the all-pervasive hatred of diabolical whites. Watch this.
25: I got to say, Mike, the optics just look bad. To see all these black men crashing into each other with a bunch of white owners, white coaches, and the complete disregard of black bodies and black life. I mean, it just represents a larger issue.
23: So, I mean, look, the average salary for an NFL player is more than $2 million a year. 60% of NFL players are African-Americans. In some positions like cornerback, virtually all the first string players are black. So, okay... We don't have a problem with that. Most people don't have a problem with that. But if you look at that picture and say, this is white supremacy, what are you really saying? You're saying that anybody involved in the sport who is white defiles the sport because whiteness is itself inherently corrupting. White people are so evil that their mere presence in a sport that is overwhelmingly African American and from which African American individuals are benefiting is enough to destroy the whole operation because there are whites involved. What kind of talk is that? What's well, genocidal talk, actually?
8: I know that Tucker's long, but Tiffany Cross is a fucking racist. They're just racist. They're all fucking racist, and we play like they're not. But CNN does fucking articles like Wakanda. We need to be like Wakanda? I think in their glee to fucking somehow. Virtue signal, they do shit like this, and then you go and see, and I I pre-pode stuff up here. On average, 93% of kids who went to public schools were taught CRT. They say they were, but then the media says it doesn't happen. It's in college, and then, no, they don't. And then it's, why aren't you teaching CRT? That's the whole flow of these things. And this is just a little brainwashing, because then we get into the scary trans brainwashing that has taken over an entire generation and ruined people's lives.
21: Hey Blue, look at all these families. Hi families, it's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! This family has two mummies. They love each other so proudly, and they all go marching in the big
6: parade.
23: Where are the Jesuits? It's a Jesuit school. It's affiliated with the Catholic Church, which you wouldn't think would want to be within a hundred miles of any story where kids and sex intersect. Why would the Catholic Church? And I'm pro-Catholic, just for the record, but like, why would the Catholic Church have anything to do with this? Why wouldn't they immediately say to Georgetown, you can't do this, or you're no longer a Catholic college?
25: The fact that this is happening at a Catholic school, Tucker, I think really speaks to just how deep demonic influences have embedded themselves in our culture. Um, I spoke to multiple Catholic ethicists for this story who made quite clear that this is completely inappropriate and a huge violation of Catholic medical standards. The Catholic Church and especially its education arms, are supposed to be teaching objective truth and biological reality. And the truth is that no matter how many drugs you pump into a child, no matter how many surgeries you put someone through, they can never be a member of the opposite sex. And God creates all of his children with love. He doesn't create his children in the supposed wrong body.
23: Well, exactly. And it was just not that long ago they were telling us born this way, which, you know, I kind of accept. You know, you should accept people as they as they are born. But now, no, uh, you got to get the doctors with the scalpels and the pharma drugs in there to destroy them. It's really all bewildering. Amber Athey, thank you so much for your reporting on this.
25: Thank you, Tucker.
23: So you wouldn't think at this point, boy, they're doubling down on crazy, right, because they think they're about to lose power on November 8th. Uh, but the CDC is now trying to force children to take the COVID vaccine. You thought those debates were over. They're not. They're accelerating. Unless your kids take the vax, according to the CDC, they can't be educated in this country. Amazing story. Dr. Marty McCary joins us after the break. There's a growing movement.
11: You went
6: i yes.
26: They are delicious. By the way! It is
14: it's unisex. It's unisex. All genders.
6: All
18: genders
26: can enjoy it. My favorite
6: setting is
18: number 16. Last week, I brought pride flags to school to pass out to students. And, um, like, we got the whole gang here. Um, and I know they're from the Amazon, but we're balling on a budget. Uh, and it's so funny the way students walk into the room because if they know me walk in and just be like hey miss can I get a flag but then there's students who don't know me um or are in a different school because there's two different schools in our building and we'll like walk in the classroom and be like um is this where I get the flags and it's so precious but now every day it looks like a pride parade in our hallways and it's just the best
6: (laughs) (laughs) Standing still until the fool's gone. Say you just have to let it
11: Gender tea party where we try on different pronouns and honorifics to see how they feel. Today I'm introducing a friend who uses they dem pronouns. My friend is so cool to come to my party. It's so exciting to get to know Dem better. They are drinking an Irish breakfast tea, which I've heard is their favorite. If you want to get them a refill, the pink cup is theirs. I love their outfit. They didn't have to dress themselves up for this, but they look great. Day requested this pronoun set, and I'm so glad Day did. If you liked it, you can thank Dem in the comments. they should be proud of themselves for trying on new pronouns. I know I'm proud of Dem.
8: It's so woke. This is the new flag. They want to get all 40 because people liked it. I'm not making that up. That's the new get pride flag. I, I don't understand why. Concerned father fired because he said he... And now, because they know the science isn't there, Biden's going to fund investigation into what hormones do, and you guarantee it's going to be a straight-up lie. It's just going to be a lie. All of it. All of it. Straight-up fucking lie. It's... Fuck. Woke Democrat lawmakers celebrate International Pronoun Day. My name is Senator Ed Markey, and my pronouns are he, him, his. On International Pronoun Days and every day, must treat everyone with dignity. My net, Using someone's correct pronouns isn't just a sign of respect. It may create a more inclusive and affirming environment, says Papaya Japala, who's a total racist. She, her, hers is for Cori Bush, who's a fucking racist. Just fucking racist. Andy NGO, Oregon child star, controversial drag queen event had been mentored by an accused sex offender. Then there's the video from last week that I put up. picture, So I see an advert for a drag queen story hour for kids at a pub in Eugene named after Satan promoting the attendance of an 11-year-old drag queen, dragon queen, by the name of Vanellope. I think this is bad. Send me a friend. And we both start digging because something seems very off. That kid is fucked up. And they've been booking this over and over and over. This thing. Then you get to the stats of it that the media about teacher put on leave after Simon on masturbation in the school, youth drag queen facing child porno charges in the article. Some of them literally were his students. Why is that not covered? New York Times. New procedure could expand reproductive choices for transgender women, which means they're going to try to implant shit. What the fuck? A bar in Eugene, Oregon is hosting a drag show featuring an 11-year-old child who regularly dances, performs, and solicits cash tips. That's... That kid... That child, that fucking child. And then if you remember last podcast, I literally played a dude who thinks he's a chick. And this thing, Dylan Mulvaney has been invited to the White House.
7: It's day 222 of being a girl, I'm in Washington DC and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States! Ah. You know that phrase, I fear I may have boss too close to the sun? Well that's how I feel today because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my transness, and I I really just want to represent my community the best that I can. And you know what, as silly as I am on here, I'm ready to step up and show that trans people were not going anywhere, and that trans kids, they deserve a fighting chance to be their true selves, okay? Oh my God, I'm running late, let's go. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm gonna wear to meet the president. Here you go, it's the trans flag colors. Cute, right? So heels? Okay, Dylan, you're gonna be great. I love you, let's go. Come on. Do you think I just knock on the front door? Let's go.
25: Looking for the president's dog.
7: Our queen, love you, I love you. We're about to go, is there anything in my teeth?
25: Leaving on cloud nine.
7: The president of the United States gave me a cookie. He gave me a cookie in the Oval Office. Now here's the question, do I eat it or do I save it? It has a seal. I Please, honestly, tell me. Everyone, I want to pet the dog. I gotta pet his dog. I'm still in shock and don't be mad, but I don't get to post any of the footage until after the interview airs on Sunday night. But it's gonna be worth it because I can't wait for you to hear everything that we talked about. I left with a lot of hope and optimism, not only for just trans people, but many different topics and the fact that our president has watched Days of Girlhood, it's kind of epic. And I'm not gonna lie, I have been, I've been having a rough go of it lately. A lot of darkness. And and today was what I needed to keep going. Um, also, if you live in the US and can legally vote, this is gonna be one of the most important elections of our lifetimes. So please get out and vote next month. There is so much darkness in this world. I mean, sometimes, the bad actually outweighs the good, but we have to get in the mud right now, and we're going to clean up some messes that have needed.
8: That's who they invite to the White House.
7: Yeah.
8: Yeah. Uh, it, it's not good. So, before we go, and I still haven't made the bumper, and I swear I'm going to make it The sound by of the day. I watched this last night. I know I had a lot of Tucker today and a little bit of Ben Shapiro, but this Carrie Lake segment, I, you know, he made me want to get on my soapbox, so let's listen to him, then I'm gonna get on my box.
23: But more than anything, Carrie Lake is not afraid of the media. She's not on a leash like everyone else. She knows who they are and she's willing to say so. She doesn't care what the New York Times thinks because she knows what the New York Times is because she lived in that world. Watch this clip from Tuesday of this week in which a reporter calls Carrie Lake an election denier.
14: If you're going to start throwing around terms like election denier, let's remember who the other election deniers were, Hillary Clinton and all the Democrats. Let's talk about election deniers. Here's 150 examples of Democrats denying election results. So it's okay for Democrats to question elections. But it's not okay for Republicans. It's a crock of BS. Every one of you knows it. We have our freedom of speech, and we're not going to relinquish it to a bunch of fake news propagandists. Since 2000, people have questioned the legitimacy of our elections. And all we're asking is that in the future, we don't have that have to happen anymore. This is full North Korean propaganda.
23: It's an offense against democracy, what they're doing. And Carrie Lake knows that. And she pulls off their mask and lets them know they don't deserve our respect. Here, for example, is Carrie Lake's response in June when a CNN reporter asked her for an interview. Watch this.
14: Hi, Carrie. Hi. 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 Nice y- to see you. You y- don't y- off of CNN. You don't have a mask on anymore. Let's go <laughs> We're, we're, going
6: we're on? outside. Give wow. a well,
14: chat? we're six feet apart. <laughs> do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN+. Does that still exist? I didn't think so, because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, which is propaganda. Thank you.
18: (laughs) Where's your mask, you neurotic
4: freak? I'll do it on CNN+. Oh, that failed because everyone hates you.
23: (laughs) It's so great because it's so true. All of us know it. But the people in charge, especially in the Republican Party, Never admit it out loud. If the New York Times did a hit piece on Mitch McConnell, he'd be rushing around his office worried about it. The New York Times is a hit piece on Carrie Lake every day, and she laughs because it doesn't matter what the New York Times thinks. They only have power because we give them power, because we treat them like they're real, but they're fake, they're ghosts. Turn on the lights and they evaporate, they go away. They don't actually exist. They're a fantasy that can only continue as long as we participate. Thank you.
8: Why don't Republicans push back? Why don't we have people fighting for us saying, hey, enough of this shit. And hey, you know what? There is a fucking shitload of election deniers over on the left and nobody cares about it. Nobody fights back. Nobody says, hey, you know what? We're just saying we wanted to check some shit because it was fucked up. Fucked up. Why? Why didn't anybody come out and say, hey, these Anifa protests are horrible. Hey, a- a- Biden sucks. They went with the plan. We're just going to let them run themselves and we can get them because Americans see how fucked up they are. But you don't say anything. You don't defend us. There's a few Tom Cotton, a couple guys get out there. But the majority just sit there with their thumb in their fucking ass and don't stop shit. Which brings us to This Is America. I am shocked this happened, but I'm not shocked with what you'll hear coming out of the mouth of fucking Klobuchar.
29: This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now what I'm whipping them.
9: This is America. It's time for the last soundbite. Like the media say when they are pushing fake liberal agenda stories.
18: This is America.
13: I also believe uh, that we're living at a moment where Donald Trump's shadow is a huge shadow on our democracy. That Steve Bannon's sentence is a big deal It is because he literally could shed light on exactly what was going on Mm -hmm. in the whole plan to not respect this democracy. So one of the reasons this election is so important that is that we have put this to bed. We have to believe in our democracy. We can have differences of opinion, but courage is not just standing by yourself yelling about something. Courage is whether or not you're willing to stand next to someone for the betterment of this country that you don't always agree with. And that's what I am looking forward to going back to doing after this election. We have so much we need to get done for this country. And I will say it again, if you look at just what happened in Great Britain. When Liz Truss yeah. went down, the yeah. prim- she went Imagine down because she proposed some crazy tax cuts for the wealthy that set their home market going. We can't do that right now. They will do We're that. At, the
16: Republicans we will do are that.
13: Exactly. If we they are can, yeah. at are you a plan? moment you mean, of will? Time you it where we have to put in candidates that are solid, that have the back All of right. American people. So vote Democrats. <laughs>
8: Adding the vaccine that does not work, I'm living proof of it. It actually fucked me up to a child's immunization record to be able to go to school. It probably made states like Florida, Tennessee talking about it and Texas. We're not doing that. Parents have the right to do what they need to do with their kids. You do not have the right to force that. It doesn't work and kids don't die from the disease. And then Klobuchar. As we near this midterm, we started with democracy. Now it's going to crash the economy. They're throwing everything they possibly can out there to get people to vote and scare them. When they're not running on the record, they have a record record. They've been in charge of Washington pretty much since 2008. You understand that, right? Once Obama took over, it went all liberal. Every institution went woke. Our space, space at one time. NASA was pushing fucking Muslim shit. We need to push Islam into space. Now it's woke. We're financing transgender bullshit in other countries. Four years of Trump, he wasn't in charge of shit. The fucking two years that they owned the fucking ha- the Senate, they didn't do anything. It's been a Democrat-run fucking Washington, D.C. for damn near 15 years. And what have they done other than do identity politics, divide people more, press a far-left agenda that only helps blue states. Ruin the fucking economy. You know, you want to talk about ruining the economy? What did you do when COVID come out? You purposely closed everything. You didn't open well past the time everybody else did. You've manipulated what the CDC said. You manipulated what the fucking teachers union was doing. You manipulated everything. You then, when people fought back, you manipulated the DOJ and FBI and made parents fucking goddamn domestic terrorists. That's how far you manipulated. Then you own the economy, and the first thing you do is just hand out free so much that fucking one in five people, 54 to 25 males, which still is a penis, don't even work, or one in five do work. Four don't, because you threw so much money at them. They just quit working. It was easier to be free. And do we remember talking about this? Most of us did under Obama by 2016 showed up. People realized they can make $70,000 a year in some states sitting on their ass collecting unemployment as Biden, I mean Obama, did the wealth distribution gig. You've destroyed our energy. We were the world's exporter. Now we're not. You've implemented so much fucking money into the market that we have record inflation. Record. And if you really summed it up, it's 12, 13%, not this 9%, 9.5, or whatever the highest it was. It's a huge amount. I buy my eggs on base because I can still get an 18-pack for three fucking dollars. And your closing remark is we're going to lose de- democracy and they might crash the economy the same way we did because we wanted Trump to get out of office as we fortified the election. Did mail-in ballots, change 80 fucking laws, stop counts. Conveniently in five key districts in five key states that were going to decide the election and then all of a sudden 100,000s were dropping. Fucking suitcases came out. I mean, come the fuck on. The sheer amount of bullshit that happened in such a short period where the people that said to this day that Trump was not dutifully elected president of the United States, who also said Bush stole it in 2000 and 2004, den- election deniers. You think with all your catchy talking points that the entire media establishment, Hollywood local news uses. You guys could fucking continue to have power forever, but everybody sees through your bullshit. You're full of fucking shit. What has any of that trillion dollars that went out for fucking infrastructure actually done? Nothing. It's the same thing Obama did with the recovery act. You're just slapping signs on shit that was already financed and you're shoveling that money to your friends. The Inflation Reduction Act, also known as a Green Energy Act, will just be money back to Solyndra's and it'll go nowhere. Nobody's against a green economy or green energy, but we're fucking decades away from having cars and a grid to charge said cars. There's a beautiful picture that I was going to put up, but I so much shit today of Harris's electric bus in a parking lot. With a diesel generator charging it. Green. And now they want to do what's happened in New Zealand. Where you have cow. They're calling it. Cattle burp. Because they don't want to say fart. And ranchers. Because they don't want meat. Are not. Only going to pay taxes on what they. Send to market. They're going to pay a. Methane tax per head of cattle. 20 cents or something like that. Whoa, it'll be here! And overriding all of this was a manipulation of the Trump administration, the manipulation of the 2020 election, the manipulation of everything. They have abused the DOJ. They've abused the FBI. Instead of doing the IRS like Obama, they're just sicking the fucking FBI and DOJ on their opponents and telling every form of media to silence them motherfuckers so that Google, Twitter, Facebook, they're just shutting shit down. They're canceling emails. They're pushing shit to fucking spam. They're doing it. Mark my words, key Senate races, Philadelphia, Georgia, Arizona. You watch the election totals not be announced for days to weeks until they can make it so. Because if they can secure the Senate, they'll push through voting that you and I will never vote again. I mean, we will, but it won't matter. They'll get illegals in there. They already got four mil. In another two years, they'll have 12 million motherfuckers. Because they'll put the full court press on those people down south. Hey, you better fucking get here. Republicans are going to win. And that in itself, just if you walk away from the show with one thing, El Paso is overrun. They've sent 11,000 illegals to New York, and all they talk about is a 3,000 cent By the governor's Republican, and they forced him not to declare an emergency, whereas New York did. 50 motherfuckers to the little island in the Hamptons. What happened? Martha's Vineyard got to declare it. It's just all bullshit. Total fucking unadulterated bullshit. And if the American people just don't vote them out on principle, we're idiots. I never vote straight red. I've said it over. I've never voted for Marsha Blackburn. She doesn't know shit about vet issues and she doesn't care. Yet her constituency is majority vets. Retirees. I will go for straight red. Dog catcher. I don't give a fuck. Red. These motherfuckers need to be stopped. Will Republicans stop all this shit? No. They'll probably do their own form of stupid. Will they fight for us? Carrie Lake will. There's a couple out there. But they need to be stopped. Before there is no country left. I said this shit in 2016. I said it in 2020. Slowly but surely, the left uses their power to silence and ruin people that don't agree with them. It has nothing to do... Freedom of speech is bullshit. None of that stuff matters anymore. It's just all about shut the fuck up. We're running shit, and the next level is how we vote and our guns. They're going to come for them. This little rifle of mine is going to go the fuck away. It's, it's going to happen. Doesn't matter if your state's got a fucking... Law. They'll just take money away. And then what is your representative going to do? Fuck it. We need the money. We need sugar from the tit too. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Go to fottpodcast.com where you find links to fucking everything. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the fucking yeah, yes. We're going to go with our next show will be 26 October, year of our Lord, 2022. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Go Ducks, big game. You notice I'm not talking about the Packers. They suck. And go Noah Gregson. Mayor of Throttleville. He's got a win to get in. Win to get in to the champion four. Take care, y'all.